Oh, oh, at, at one point, like five minutes into the movie, he leaned to the woman uh, on his other side and said, is this that boat movie? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've got an AMC Stubbs A-lister on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 540 with our review of Serenity. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, we were going to do two films. Uh, we were going to do this film, Serenity, and we were also going to do a review of Polar, which just came out on Netflix this past weekend. Um, the Polar is god-awful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like real, 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 real bad. And uh, Stephen was at the point where he's gonna have to sneak it in mm-hmm. and try to try, try to shove it in between sleep and coming to work today. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we, were, we were talking at like 8 p.m. last night or something, and I was like, "How bad is Polar?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 bad enough that it's tough to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've been telling everybody who's asked is that. Uh, it's basically bad from the casting. <laughs> from casting on, it's bad. Except for Mads Mikkelsen, he is awesome. He looks just like Solid Snake, <laughs> the older version. Um, and uh, he's fine. But like all the other choices that were made in this film, like every single choice. Um, I want to give you the basic plot, Stephen. Yeah, tell me. I, I know literally nothing about Polar. The plot for Polar is basically that there's an assassination group. And uh, by age 50, they forcibly retire all uh, assassins in, in, the, in the guild, I guess. And um, they get a pension for all their work over the years. So they can continue to make money going forward. Uh, but this organization uh, happens to be a business. And they're trying to sell the business. And this year, they have a lot of agents that are aging out. Um, so they're worried on the books that they're actually going to owe, like... 28 million dollars or something at the end of this a metaphor thing. for social security <laughs> yeah basically so they're like wait we put a clause into our contracts that say if you die a santa claus before <laughs> it's not a santa claus but it is the north polar yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a clause in the contract that says hey if you die in the line of duty or before you're paid your pension essentially all that money goes back to the corporation and that theoretically if they kill all the agents who are aging out the money they receive would technically be like a, an income <laughs> for the year for the business. Um, so that's basically the premise of this film. And obviously Mads Mikkelsen's character is turning 50 in two weeks. So they're trying to kill him before the two weeks is up <laughs> and he's owed money. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really silly. It's really, really dumb. And uh, it's not dumb enough to be fun. It's dumb enough that like, it was like, wow, this is, in fact, Ironically enough, the only reason I finished it is because I was worried that you actually also were going to watch it, and I would feel bad if I didn't watch it. So now, Stephen, you get to feel bad that you didn't watch it. I have a question. Uh-huh. In a world where you're willing to murder people, can't you violate a contract? <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, in, in fact, he does violate the contract by not dying, I guess, mm. <laughs> before he's 50. What an asshole. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was Polar. We're not going to give you a review of it, um, but it was really bad, and you should not watch it. Um, so we are here, Stephen, to talk about Serenity. 
Do you know by now, at the end of last episode, you talked about how you thought maybe potentially Serenity was the thing that you saw people ambiguously talking about on Twitter. Is right. this, in fact, the film they were talking about? I, I didn't go back to check, but I want to say yes, because I, I realize now that all the ambiguous conversation I thought I heard could have been around the places this movie goes and how kind of bizarre it is <laughs> and not necessarily how wonderful it is. Like, the quote I remember is, I I just got out of one of those movies where we will be saying there was before X and there was after X and after X things were different. <laughs> and I, I believe they were talking about Serenity, just not not in the way that I was hoping. Got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it. Uh, but this is definitely a film that... Uh, of any of the films that we have ever talked about in this podcast, we will have to save most of our comments for spoilers. Sure. Um, uh, just because that's the nature of this film. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to have to talk about it in that way. Um, but yeah, should we get into this episode, Stephen? We should. I'm, I'm curious to hear the trailer because <laughs> I don't even know how this movie was presented to anyone. Um, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a listen to that trailer. And when we come back, we're going to give you a full review. Around here. I like to say everybody knows everything. But what if the truth was nobody knows anything? I got a feeling today is the day. Today is the day. I can feel him this time. I can feel him. Good to see you, John. It took so long to find you. What do you say? Say I'm not called John anymore. It's funny, huh? Where would you want to find me? My husband has never seen your face. You were right about him. Look, he's violent with you. What's this? Just a little scratch. A little scratch, huh? I want you to take him out on your boat and drop him in the ocean for the sharks. They say she came all the way to see you? Yes, it's about temptation. There's right and wrong. You know how? In Plymouth, everybody knows everything. Well, I've got kind of a big day tomorrow. I know all about your big day. Feels like everybody knows something I don't. explain that. Dill, will you have yourself a good day now and do what's right, okay? I need you to deliver me from temptation. Are you going to take him out? You're not right in your mind. My wife says you're being a little difficult. There's something wrong. You're not telling me what this is all about. Sometimes we do bad things for good reasons. All right, so that was the trailer for Serenity. Um, the basic premise set out in this trailer is a uh, lonely fisherman on this uh, strange island has been chasing after a giant tuna and 
along the too way. Too much tuna. I'll say too much tuna. <laughs> too much tuna. And <laughs> that's... Entirely too much tuna. <laughs> that's uh, foul. Um, but <laughs> um, but uh, basically, some woman from his past shows up and says that she wants him to murder her current husband. And the film is sort of a drama about whether or not he might want to decide to actually go through with it for the $10 million, given that he is a fisherman that's not well off and has to sell his night catches just to get a drink at the bar mm. <laughs> every day. Uh, Stephen Miller. <laughs> uh, what did you think about this film? Oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is going to be very hard to say much without getting into spoilers for the movie. Um, I will say, contrary to the joke I just made, my real feeling is kind of the inverse of that John Mulaney, Nick Kroll quote. I think there's not enough tuna in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie opens with a scene of him trying to catch a giant tuna. And I didn't love that scene. But as I like settled into my chair, I thought, I can watch two hours of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the, the slightly old man in the sea. Exactly. I, I can watch this like lower stake version of Moby Dick. <laughs> that, that'll be good with me. And uh, for a variety of reasons that we will certainly get into, this is not primarily that movie. Yeah. Um, it's, th this is just a quite baffling movie to me. So first, though, let me like set the stage for my feeling going into this movie. <laughs> when I, I, I sat down uh, next to another a gentleman who was wearing a Santa hat and many jackets. Um, oh, that's never a good sign. <laughs> yeah, never a good sign. <laughs> who, as the movie went on, he started to get more and more tweaking. Like, he started kind of <laughs> brushing his jacket. At a certain point, he, like, stood up and started brushing his jacket and his pants and the chair and then sat back down. Like, in uh -oh. the middle of the movie, like, a guy is just standing up and sitting down. And he had this thing. It's like a he scanner would, darkly situation he, or he something? He had this thing that he would, cr like, crinkle. It, it was sitting in his cup holder <laughs> that looked like like an empty bag of Doritos or something, like an aluminum bag. <laughs> but it was, like wrapped up tightly and he would grab it crinkle 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 put it down he would do like a weird noise for like hmm. one second and then bring it back i i still don't know was he huffing paint like like yeah I, I don't understand what was going on seems but, like a little bit of huffing was going on yeah but from many people involved in this movie but definitely the one next <laughs> to me also um but i as the movie went on that he started doing that, like, first it was every five minutes, maybe, then four, then three. And by the end, it was, like, multiple times a minute he was yeah. doing the huff and brush himself M <laughs> routine. Maybe he was so worried about what this film was doing that it wasn't that he was huffing. It was that he was breathing into a bag just to try to, like, calm himself and get, get stopped it's from possible. having a panic attack. Yeah, it, it, it's possible, but very unlikely. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, someone next to me was either, like, in the perfect zone to watch this movie... <laughs> <laughs> or, or not at all, but he was definitely raising the stakes a little bit. I, I felt pretty uncomfortable by the end. Yeah. Um, not that this is that unusual in the city, but I, I don't think many people like go to a movie theater to like, you know, huff glue, right? <laughs> I, I feel like there are other venues that would be more enjoyable yeah, if you were doing that. That don't cost like fifteen dollars a pop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I oh oh at at one point like five minutes into the movie, he leaned to the woman uh, on his other side and said. Is this that boat movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I think we've got an AMC Stubbs A-lister on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Anyway, back to the movie. Um, yeah, this is a weird fucking movie. Like, I, uh, much has been made of the fact that there is a, quote, twist, that things changed <laughs> in the movie. I am interested in hearing your <laughs> your take on that. I, I do think the problem with the movie is not the fact that there is a twist. The problem with the movie is the fact that it's a fucking stupid movie. Yeah. And, like, all the performances in the movie, they seem to not know what film they're in. Yeah. Like, sometimes they think they're in a kind of, like, noir-type film where they're they're each playing like some heightened version of their character right Anne hathaway is in like a completely different movie as far as i'm concerned Um, i think she's in two different movies sure one when she's in the presence of her husband and then one when she's in the presence of everyone else (laughs) yeah um it's matthew mcconaughey is doing his thing uh (laughs) he has a good smells like teen spirit moment um swimming naked in a in, in a pool i don't I, I don't really know. I can't judge anyone for this movie because I don't understand what anyone wanted them to do. Yeah. Like, I don't understand the goal of it. it. It's a movie that feels like it thinks it's saying something really profound or shocking you with a twist, but it it isn't really treading ground we haven't seen before. I would make comparisons, but that would probably, you know, give yeah, spoilers. I, <laughs> I, have, I have one comparison that's not only a comparison film-wise, but a comparison in direction. Mm-hmm. Of how they messed up, yeah. <laughs> which we will get to in spoilers, but yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know, what, what's left is just a strange movie. Like, there are, there are certain people, like, like Jason Clark's character in this movie, as they kind of, like, I guess mafia guy, or maybe he really is in construction, I'm not, I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, maybe he actually sleeps with the fishes? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what is real and what isn't real, um, but anyway, he is just, like, the most just like grisly shitty person you know like yeah. like ev- there there's nothing pleasant in the movie to me like everyone is just kind of doing this dour thing that I, I don't i don't know it to to me it was like an incomprehensibly made movie i don't understand how someone wrote the screenplay and looked at it and was like yes this yeah. is what i want to film it's going to be great let me get a list talent. Let me get a Interstellar reunion to film this movie um, with <laughs> Interstellar sorts of twists. Uh, anyway, I, I don't even. It, it's too hard to dance around. We just have to go into spoilers soon, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think with this film. So first of all, I don't actually think there's a twist in this film. Mm-hmm. I think that the film is different than what the trailer sells, but that does not count as a twist. Right. Um, there aren't, like, from the moment, that, even in the trailer, the film is talking about, like, what is this island? I don't know what's going on. That's not a very good Matthew McConaughey impression. <laughs> but, but like, there's scenes in the trailer where he's like, you ever notice how everybody's just doing the same thing all the time? What the hell? Right? Yeah. They're, they're, like, he, he's, he's, there was clearly a mystery about where they are. Mm-hmm. And there happens to be this plot to get a fish and this plot to kill a husband. Um, and this film, pretty early on gives away the goose <laughs> if that's the correct expression of what it's doing and it you know it, it is possible that when i went into this film having read 30,000 headlines that were like oh my god craziest twist that's ever existed i was like pre priming my brain to pick up on things mm-hmm. but i think it's like blatantly obvious we we will talk about it <clears throat> yeah i i think 
if not the precise nature of the twist, certainly the gist of it is obvious pretty early in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's not a twist; it's a gist. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah. So let's table that for a second. I think on paper there were some interesting ideas somewhere in the process of trying to put together this film. Mm. I you can, know you're you're making a generously broad statement, and I disagree <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I just think that there there are – so part of the comparison I'll make is if this film was just straightforward about what it was doing, it could have become an interesting film. So there are little uh, nuggets of things that in a film that was blatantly doing what it's doing, I could go like, oh, that was a, an interesting idea. That was kind of cool. None of it actually works. And some of these moments that I actually thought were interesting are literally – 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite. You're talking about the sex scenes? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the sex scenes. Um, but in general, this film is just incredibly strange. It's weirdly paced. Um, it's weirdly acted. Like the performances, as you said, are sort of like over the top, but not for a way. It, it doesn't feel stylized. It feels like people just being strangely acting out their characters. And, and I would blame a director for that because who knows like what he was telling them to be, right? <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing is, I think in a lot of these these cases, the choice would have been correct if the film was the film it is mm-hmm. instead of this film that is like slowly telling you what it is and selling you a trailer that is nothing about what it is. And I think that like, so first of all, as you said, I would have watched Matthew McConaughey chase this big tuna. Yeah. Um, I liked some things surrounding his drive to try to get this tuna. I would have also watched this noir murder thriller of will he, won't he kill the husband. Right. Um, that would have been interesting. Um, I could have liked the other thing if the film concentrated on that much. Um, but I, I think that it doesn't know what it would take to be what it wants to be. So all those things fall flat. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that... The film could have been much better, and I wish it were much better. Um, but I think it just, in general, it does everything it's trying to do poorly. Um, and I, I still can't tell from looking at all those articles whether people had fun with this film I, or I didn't. Think few people had fun with this film. <laughs> yeah, no, because because it, it's it's weird and bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it it is a very very strange. <laughs> Like, like maybe I can imagine the shock at the twists or whatever come from, imagine like you're a critic and you're invited to do some screening for the Matthew McConaughey movie with, you know, the, that's like a noir thing where he's debating whether or not to kill the husband of Anne Hathaway. Yeah. And it's January, so you're like, all right, I'm 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 sitting in for like a bland movie, you know. Probably in that context, like as the film just keeps going and you're like catching glances from people on either side of you, yeah, maybe that builds up into like a bigger shock than it is supposed to be, really. Yeah, um, because to me, this wasn't like this wasn't interesting bad or mind blowing bad, it was just like half assed bad, you know, it was yeah, like, yeah, it kind of thought it had a twist, but it didn't want to deliver on it and it just kept going and going and going, yeah, and, and the way that it, it. Like, if you completely removed the first plots and just showed a guy who had a mundane life and followed him as he just slowly started to wonder what the hell is going on, mm-hmm. you could create an interesting film and slowly build rules about what the film is doing 
and it could be a fun playground to mess around in. Mm -hmm. And I think that this film has characters saying that's what it is, (laughs) but it isn't actually that. And I feel like it, it fails on so many levels that it's hard to not talk about it Mm -hmm. unless it's spoilers. Yeah. Let's go into spoilers. It's killing Um, me. All right. So let's do verdicts first. Um, and then we can warn people about not seeing this film and then we'll let music do its stuff and then we'll come back and we will talk about full blown spoilers for the film. So for now, Steven Miller, if you were going to give this a must-see, reckon of the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, easy must-avoid for me. There, I didn't find anything entertaining about this movie. I didn't think it was particularly risky or mind-blowing or anything. I thought it was just a cobbled-together mess that did not know what story it wanted to tell or what tone it wanted to give you. And I think there were some unintentional funny moments, but not enough to make it be like a joyously bad movie. It was just a, a bad movie. Yeah. Um, this is the film that uh, the elevator pitch for it is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know how this film got greenlit. I can understand how some people might have skimmed the script and just kind of went to the end and was like, oh, I could see how this could work. But there's no way halfway through filming this, they didn't go like, oh, I'm in a bad movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they thought they were in Life of Pi for a little while. <laughs> Uh, that's definitely true. <laughs> they wish they were in Life of Pi. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, so it is also a must avoid for me. Um, I've actually already made some artwork that says must avoid mm. <laughs> for use later. Because I just was, I, I knew, Stephen, if you would have come back and liked this film, Stephen, I would have been shocked. Yeah. Absolutely shocked. Um, but uh, yeah, so we watched it. That's a review to must avoids. So hopefully no, none of you listening are seeing that. But you might want to know how crazy this film is. So you should stick with us after we close out the main part of the episode so you can hear spoilers. Because, I mean, if you haven't seen this film, you don't know what the hell right. you're in for. Um, but yeah, so for now, Stephen, uh, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com where I wrote uh, <laughs> a piece that talks about how much I think this film isn't actually a twist and it gives it all away way early on. So you can check that out there. You can also find me at Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL or Facebook.com slash ChristopherIRL. Uh, you can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Serenity, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yes, that music is going to fade up. And when that music fades away, just like the tides, (laughs) it'll be time for us to chase that tuna and talk about full-blown spoilers for Serenity at that time <laughs> it's, it's like my my pa always said every wave that crashes upon the shore is but a guess it's an actual line from this fucking movie <laughs> i don't even remember that line <laughs> All right, so we are back. Uh, we are in full-blown spoilers for Serenity. The, the ironic thing is this is the time where I can talk about theoretical positives of this film. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Before spoilers, nothing positive to talk about. After spoilers, at least I can mention a few things that I thought were interesting or cool or could have been worked into something I, that I was amazing. I look forward to hearing them. Um, but before that, let's just talk about what this film is. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, this film, as we stated before in the trailer, we know it's a fisherman who's hunting a fish and some woman comes from his past and says, hey, please kill my husband because he's a bad guy and I have a horrible life and I want to be free of my husband. Please dump him in the ocean for the sharks and I can go off and be happy and you can have my $10 million, which will help you be in hiding um, because that's apparently what you want to do. Over the course of this film, it is, quote, slowly revealed (laughs) that Matthew McConaughey is actually a character in a video game that is being programmed by his son. Matthew McConaughey is actually dead. He died uh, fighting in war. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And his son, as a way of coping, has been programming him into this video game. We've been living in Marwen this whole time. (laughs) So, basically... Matthew McConaughey's digital character has become self-aware with some sort of weird psychic link to his child outside of the video game. And the child, whose mom is married to an abusive husband, has decided to work into the game this alternate uh, goal besides just catching the tuna to kill the husband Mm -hmm. in a way to give him the strength to go murder his stepdad. <laughs> mm-hmm. So even that is giving it like more of a reasonable literal read than I would have had. What I would have is that the film doesn't know if the game is a metaphor for the thought process that the kid is going through or if the game is, quote, acting out a reality as the kid acts out that reality. Like, the, the movie doesn't seem to even know what it is doing, as far as I can tell. Like, no, I do yeah. not know if Anne Hathaway and Jason Clark are real or not in this movie. If I should interpret them as being, like, a real version of the real parents in this movie, or if they are just, like, a digital thing that Matthew McConaughey saw as part of his, like... Is Matthew McConaughey supposed to be just continuing so, to try to catch the fish? Yeah, Because so, the fish so was the, justice, so why did the rules change? Like, he's the, supposed to catch the fish then. The world is real. The child has been living vicariously through the digital version of his father. Mm-hmm. He has... So he uses the game as a way to escape having to hear his mom be brutalized by her uh, his stepdad. Mm-hmm. And over the course of diving into that game... He is slowly fucked with the code. It's also not clear whether he completely programmed the game himself. I assume that he did. Some of the other articles on the internet believe that he is modifying code for an existing game. He's definitely writing code in real time for some reason. Yeah, yeah. so I, so I, I believe he's written this game whole cloth from the beginning to give his dad this mundane task that is not war, but is chase this fish that he can never chase. Mm-hmm. And that might be a metaphor for never getting justice. But over time, he writes his mother and uh, stepfather into the game as an ulterior goal for the father. But, but the mother and stepfather are written in the game in a way where they know about the real son who is making this game at the moment. Like, Yeah, so that's where this thing is dumb as fuck. <laughs> I'm fine with an idea of a character who himself is on a on a rails. Um, and 
the, the whole sentience idea is, is stupid in this. I'm fine with the character. Like, once the character is aware of the whole meta world of, like, what the son is doing outside of the game, and now he's, like, trying to participate in the plan the son is doing, that's where this film falls apart. I'm fine with the idea of a character... I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not even okay with the character becoming sentient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this film is trying so hard to be this weird version of sci-fi yeah. that doesn't make sense at all. It's not like this is like a simulation in a supercomputer and the things became self-aware. This is just like a kid who pro- like, I, I, I just don't buy any of this Well, at yeah, all. and again, I don't know. I feel like this movie, like, it wants to be the Truman Show or Stranger Than Fiction or, like, so, one of these things where the thing that you create becomes a quote reality and the lines become blurry but then it tries to justify it in a way that it just like makes me hate it like so if it let it be a mystery i would be happier than like trying to tell me what is going on and not making any sense so here's the thing is the truman show is the thing that i referenced earlier that i was i was beating around the bush for Mm -hmm. however this film is like if we the audience were just sold the story of this man named truman Mm -hmm. and about partway through the film we started to realize that this is a television show but not the character, the audience. Mm-hmm. This is a film that takes the Truman Show premise and just doesn't mention that it's a show in the first five minutes. And then in the 20th minute, hints that it's a show. And then every single line of dialogue from every person moving forward is, oh, by the way, this is also a show. And I think that that is stupid. Mm-hmm. Because you could have started this film with this is a character in a video game and then played with the idea of the constructs of being in a video game world and can you go off of programming or not. Um, they're like in video games, um, I'm forgetting the term right now, but there, there are these artificial boundaries that are put in video games, right? Where it's like they have programmed the level to be this shoreline and the way they make you not go past the shoreline is to put a jetty there right. and you don't have the ability to jump. You can just walk. So you can't pass the jetty to see the part of the world that doesn't exist because, I mean, this is talked about in um, for, the, for the level makers in Inception. They talk about how like you build your world so that people don't visit the parts that you don't construct because you can only construct so much information mm-hmm. before you're, you're bound by like the limit of what you construct, can construct. So this film has little tiny moments where it tries to play with the ideas of video game worlds. And like I semi sort of want to golf clap it for trying different things. Like I actually really, really like there's a scene in this film where so Matthew McConaughey wakes up every morning at 5 a.m. On the dot, his alarm goes off, he snaps awake, probably mm-hmm. has like a mild hangover from his like one drink. Um, and then he goes... <laughs> he drinks like a bottle of rum a day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, true. Get um, off your high horse. He buys one in the bar. Anyways, um, and uh, one day, because everything's been getting fucked up, he wakes up 20 seconds too early. Mm. And he physically cannot get yeah. up because the game programming doesn't allow him to be awake until... 5 a.m. exactly. That is the only visual in the whole movie I liked. (laughs) No, no, exactly. Uh, I have one minor other one, which is when the businessman comes and shows up and tries to give him what is essentially a cheat code for the game. Like, here is the fish finder. I thought that was was a funny... To me, it was a funny, like, game world type of thing where it's like... Oh, like you're playing a, a, a free to, free to play mobile game, and it's like if you give us five dollars, you can have this thing that makes it easier to catch fi- catch fish. 
I like the idea of giving him an in-game cheat to try to keep him on his path since he's starting to di diverge. Like, it was trying very, 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 very lightly to kind of be adjustment bureau, <laughs> where, like, they're like, you're supposed to be on this path, you're deviating from the path, what can we do? We'll make you spill coffee, we'll do this thing, we'll give you a fish finder. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it but, was but an so idea. I and I don't mean, like... Even literally, though literally is fine too. I mean, even emotionally or thematically or anything, why is everything trying to get him to continue with the rules of the game he didn't know he was a part of? I, I, I think it's... Th this is where it breaks down, but I think the metaphorical stance is that NPCs in a game are programmed to do one thing, one goal, right? The player technically has free reign, but all of the characters will respond to the player's... Uh, uh, free will essentially trying to direct them towards the thing right like NPCs are built with like I don't know man I heard there was some stuff on that mountain and it's like you don't have to go to the mountain but the game won't progress until you go to the mountain so right. every character is built because in this game he is becoming self-aware you can assume that like his friend who like breaks the hand of the guy the husband so he doesn't want to go on the fishing boat like those type of things are a character who is or even go back to Westworld right all of the characters in Westworld have their their keystone. What's it called? They're they're like their main goal and drive, right? right. Um, and they are programmed to be able to make decisions on their own within confines of achieving the one goal that they have, right? And I think that in this game, the characters exist in a similar plane. Um, they their goal is to make sure this character is only focused on on the fish. Mm. <laughs> Believe me, it still breaks down. I'm not trying to defend this film. I'm just saying that, yeah. like, that's the idea well, they were well, going well, for. And I mean, even even more, like, like, okay, in the game mechanic sense, I understand why characters would behave that way. But like, most of this movie is devoted to the fact that characters are behaving that way. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, there's the the guy running around who's from corporate who is just. <laughs> I am the rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and. I would want that to emotionally mean something because, like, this movie is bringing in heavy themes, right? Like, it, it's bringing in, like, domestic abuse. Uh, we, like, see Anne Hathaway, like, be abused by this terrible guy. And if the movie is supposed to be, like, some form of the mind or thought process of the person who created the game, right? I, like, I would expect all of that, like, follow the rule thing to signify something. But, like, the the arc of the movie is I don't even know what to root for. I'm like, do I want him yeah. to kill the guy? Do I not want him to kill the guy? Is killing the guy, like, emotionally cathartic to the kid? Or the kid wrote this game that tells him not to do it? Like, I, I just don't understand what it wants me to think or feel throughout the duration of the movie. And, and that's the thing, too, is, is is if the kid can program so well that he can add his mother and father into this game. Let's pretend it's not even his game. It's just Island Fish Simulator. Um, yeah, yeah. So the fact that he can write the mother and father into the game means he could rewrite the code for all the NPCs. There's no reason those characters should be stopping him from trying to get his goal. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the thing, too, is this, because we, it is revealed to us that this person died a long time ago, there's no expectation that this is a person like in a coma who's been put into a sim like there's no like there are other films um that I won't name cuz I don't want to spoil them that involve somebody being plugged up to electrodes that got hurt during a, a war mm -hmm. deployment and 
that reveal has impact and has meaning because of what that person has been going through for the rest of the film. And in this film, that doesn't exist. We see a picture frame on a table of him and like a purple heart or whatever. And, and, and we don't, there's no connection between the journey he's living in now and the other thing. So it'd be one thing if the consciousness of the father was being preserved in a video game that the child created because he loved his dad so much that he wanted him to live on and he goes and visits him all the time like they try to sell you at the end of this film. There is a complete disconnect between the consciousness that is Matthew McConaughey's character and the sprite in this world that is created. Um, I'm fine with the concept of for the people in the machine... Um, the world seems like our real world. Like, but when the kid looks at it, it's this digital creation of like, you know, whatever. Ones like and zeros, man. <laughs> like that. That is an interesting concept. Um, but the whole the because all of it's coming from the kid and the history of the like. Th- there's so many problems with this meshing as like a real good piece of sci-fi that I just don't get. Um, that yeah. So yeah, I like what's weird too, and this is a minor complaint, but. When the movie started, I mentioned that I would have been pretty okay with like the movie it was pretending to be at the beginning. The idea of a guy who lives on this island and doesn't know many people and it's a kind of like lonely place and all he wants to do is catch the big fish because the big tuna represents who knows wealth or whatever right like certain tuna sell yeah. for like millions of dollars you know um, yeah, yeah and th- that tuna is like the biggest tuna that's ever been caught on the face of the planet yeah, exactly. like it's a whale-sized tuna and, um and, it, and, it would be the monster in any other horror film <laughs> yeah a, a part of my love for it is it, it not love but my interest in it is it seemed like a very specific place and like they're on this island and they're speaking french and i was like is that Tahiti? I went to Tahiti. Is this going to be a movie about that? <laughs> and the one thing, they took that from me. They made it be like a non-existent place. Yeah. And that's even that, that moment where he like pulls out the little tiny map of the island. And he's like, huh, let me get the bigger map that I've never looked at until now. And then he unrolls this giant map that has this little tiny speck in the center of, of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? You've Like, why? when did you buy that map? <laughs> and how did you not look at it before this moment? I get that you thought that was mind equals blown moment for the audience, but that's fucking dumb. Yeah. I also don't get, so A, if that map doesn't exist, where did Anne Hathaway and Jason Clark come yeah. from? What does it mean that Jason Clark showed up a day early in his private jet? Like, one thing that, that quote, twists or whatever made some sense of is I thought the use of money in this movie was really dumb. Like the idea that this guy is like giving him $10,000 to go out for a day and people were like, like some sums didn't make any sense to me. And then they would, if like a kid was programming that just being like my, my terrible stepdad is $10 million in cash, you know? But that's the thing is like the first group that we start, I see at the beginning of the film, that was $700 to take two people out for one day of fishing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I think the idea is that Jason Clark is like, I'm so fucking rich. I'll give you any amount that I want. 10,000 a day. That's as much. It was also like a condescending thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, if I give you $10,000, that's the equivalent of me giving you $10 million because yeah. you're just this guy on an island. So it, it was I, – I, I, like I was fine with that not because it seemed like a right amount of money. It just seemed like the, he's an asshole right. <laughs> who's trying to show a guy that like you need this 10000 more than I do. How, how do you feel about the kid programming his dad to have sex every day? <laughs> so here, here's the thing too. It, it, the, 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 the funny thing about that is – it's literally the father, is, <laughs> the father 
is so consumed with trying to get this tuna that he's not doing regular fishing that would provide him a totally fine living mm -hmm. because in the one emergency case, he goes night fishing and then pays for whatever he needs. But he's having sex with this woman to get money from her. Mm -hmm. It's like a... It's like a... Bialy, situation. It, it, yeah, it's a Bialyshock <laughs> like <laughs> moment. And, and um, like... The most, the, the funniest thing about that to me is like I don't, I don't know if you played um, the original God of War games. Yeah, but, I played the first one. Okay, so in the first in the first game, after like the start loading screen, you can go to the side room and like have a threesome to get like health orbs, and it was like this one weird, strange, gratuitous thing that was in the game that was like at the start of every time you're playing, just go have this weird threesome and get health orbs, and it's like. The f why is this fucking in the game? Like, it doesn't make sense. It obviously doesn't, like, you wouldn't see that in a God of War game nowadays. <laughs> but, like, it was just this really, really weird thing. And that's basically what this is. Like, he's he's basically like, oh, I can't afford gas for my boat. I guess I'll go fuck the woman in the house over there and steal her cat. Like, it just didn't make sense. Like, it was so weird. And <laughs> it is super fucking gross yeah, that the kid programmed that as a means for getting money. Yeah. Because, and that's the thing, too, is he programmed him with the need to get this fish. Did he mess up? And the, the, the need was so <laughs> so strong that he didn't want regular fish? Like, it didn't... It, it, it just... It's so many reasons it's weird and wrong. Mm -hmm. So what was the other minor thing that you liked about the movie? Um, so, I mean, I, 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 mo I mostly told you both of them. It was the, in general, I think it was, it was the rules of the world coming into play. Um, and like little touches with like, uh, when the fish was going to be around, that bird was in the sky, right? It was, it was, it was things about the world that present themselves only because a condition is being met. Um, things that work in video games, right? Like in, in open world games, there will be like, hundreds of different random bullshit quests that you can do but they're not all in your menu but when you go by a certain location it'll pop up and like an npc will be like oh my god that man stole my purse and then you can go spider-man attack them and like st get the purse back right it, it, it those little moments were were fun and kind of enjoyable where it was like seeing how the rules of the world would play to try to cause a person to follow one sort of thing. And even when he gets to the point where he's like, I know I want to kill the father, but I'm like, he hooks that fish right there at the end, right? And he's like, oh, this is, and he's like, oh, no, no, but it's a shark. But like, there's, there's moments where like, you can tell that drive is there in the back of his head. Mm -hmm. And those moments, they're not compelling, but they're at least interesting enough to like, see that there were thought that went into presenting this film as a thing to watch. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just, I, I can't get over the fact that if this film would have started from the beginning of just going for he's in a simulation um, and sticking with that and kind of just slowly building the rules, it could have been a really interesting film with a reveal that was interesting by the end. The real reveal could be whatever the condition is that made the father have to be. Like if he has a real physical body in the real world that's still somehow partially alive, it could have been interesting. But See, to me, the... The only way this movie could have salvaged itself is if the twist is that he's not in a game and he's going crazy and interpreting things with a confirmation bias and he's about to like go commit a murder. No, yeah. and th and that's the thing. Well, first of all, I mean, he's it's not murder if there's a fish involved. No, no, no. What, what I was gonna say, <laughs> tell that to Peter. Um, <laughs> uh, but but no, like I I think in general though, 
I w- I'm just trying to like pre backtrack so I don't say this. In the wor- in in the universe, if it were not a video game, he wouldn't be justified in killing the husband, but he would have a reason that his character would want to kill the husband. Sure. The reason his only reason for not wanting to kill the husband in the film is because he's like. I'm trying to catch this fish, right? Like, he could definitely use the money. Um, it's his ex-wife. It's his son. Like, he has enough reasons to him. He's also on some fucking island in the middle of nowhere. Like, who's going to know it was him? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was just one of those things where, like, I could totally see him wanting to do it. And it's just him struggling with whether or not he can do it. That's its own film. That's not the film we got. But that's totally its own film. That would have been totally fine and interesting on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that like, yeah, I forget your question. <laughs> I, I have a follow-up question. Yeah. Because, so I remember like this is an island and they talk about like there's no rules because the sheriff or whatever is out off of the island today. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that reminded me that the kid also programmed the fact that there are like child prostitutes in another part of the island that cost ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like the movie is using like gritty things in a very like a way that I don't like. Like, like it's trying to reach for them to be like, look, we're being like dark and important, and really, it's just like, ugh, don't why? Yeah, you don't have Jason Clark say that. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the thing too. Is like in a, in a world where like these people were actually entering a game world and being themselves, you could make the you you could. This is not the case. Because that's not what this is about. But you could theoretically make the argument that people bring their own ideas of the world into the game. And that the kid has programmed the game that it expands upon the minds and the expectations of the characters that have been added. But that would require the kid to have knocked out both his parents and his dad. And then lock them into like a Matrix style thing where you plug something into their necks. And they were both playing out a pre-programmed world so that when he finally unplugs them, they would wake it, Like You just invented like a way better game <laughs> or movie. You invented Jumanji. Yeah, yeah. But no, it, it would basically be like an Inception sort of thing where you're literally trying to incept the parents into or incept his dad into wanting to kill his uh, stepdad mm-hmm. by... Knocking them all out, putting them in the game where they repeat these bullshit things all day long and desperately try to ask for him to kill. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just didn't, didn't make sense. Yeah. All right. I want to go back and ask you, uh, within the context of my argument about how this is not actually a twist, do you not think... So, the way this thing plays out is way early on in the film, we get a drunken Jason Clark explaining that his wife, who we already know is Matthew McConaughey's ex-wife, mm-hmm. uh, has this dumb kid who just plays on his computers all day, smash cut to him just coding away in real time, followed by him saying, you know what, the kid said some weird fucking shit to me one time. He said, uh, if I wasn't playing this game, I'd be th- figuring out a way to kill you. Was it not clear from that moment, like 30 minutes into this film, that we were in a simulation created by the child for the purpose of trying to kill the stepdad? It <laughs> it seemed kind of clear. I thought the movie was clunky and hazy enough that I would have never like been certain of anything that it was doing. I, I, so so it, it certainly brought up that feeling. Like it, like it made it not be weird that that was the twist in the end. So so walking into the film, um, 
given that there were like 30 articles that were posted about the craziness of this twist, I thought for sure, just if I, I was like, gun to my head, if I have to guess the twist ending of this film, I would say he's in purgatory and this is a test of his moral status. It's like the button and, test or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, if he chooses not to kill the stepdad, then he gets to go to heaven. If he kills him, he goes to hell. And that when he makes the choice, the world would fade away and the friend guy would be Peter. <laughs> and like, and in the background, Jason Clark is just stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> but like that that's kind of the assumption that I had. So I yeah. kind of walked in with like, it's going to be purgatory all these fucking dumb island movies slash shows are purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, w- that was just like my expectation. But as soon as I saw the kid program, I'm like, okay, cool. It's a simulation. And then it like goes on. I'm like, and then, and then he says, he's like, I'd be trying to kill you if I wasn't playing this game. And I was like, definitely a simulation. And then the rest of the film is just watching the, the, not the puzzle unfold, but like the rules of the game world be given to us. And I was like, all right, cool. I see what you're doing. But like the whole time I was thinking, I was like, Everyone, everyone knows this is a simulation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this, like, it seems super. Like, I'm, I am not that smart of a person. <laughs> it felt painfully obvious, and it made me mad that everybody was writing posts about the twist mm-hmm. because I feel like the only twist is that the trailer didn't say it was a simulation. But I think the film itself is clear from way early on that this is a simulation. That's the only possible outcome of this film. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember like the the conversation with uh, Jeremy Strong's like corporate character the rules i remember when he laid it out that plainly i didn't feel like twisty but i definitely felt like oh fuck you movie like <laughs> there was something about like the degree to which it, like I, I thought the movie was maybe gonna be like if not a simulation like a metaphor for something or yeah. like it didn't exist or anything i i didn't necessarily a beautiful mind situation or it was gonna be like a a proxy situation where the island did exist, but it was one to one with what the kid was like typing on his computer. Like, yeah, or the film was going to end with the Matthew McConaughey shooting himself in the face in a cafe somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been fine. <laughs> would have definitely does, been. Better. Does it count as a spoiler if I don't say the name of the film? No, I think you're okay. <laughs> uh, let's let's see what else. Uh, that 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 sex scene on a boat was super awkward. Uh, the 300 Rise of an Empire scene. <laughs> um, you, you didn't see Polar, though, so... You're right, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. I, I, I don't understand how so many, like, well-known people agreed to be in this movie. Yeah, like, like I said, like... I am fine with the idea of a film thinking it's real but being bound by the rules of a video game. Like you could even start with like a film where someone's on an island and there's certain things they just can't physically do. And they're f- trying to figure out whether they're just broken. It's like the opposite of unbreakable. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. yeah. That like, I can see a, a way you could do this in a way that would make me go like, Oh, that was a cool idea. Like this, this like some character in this online game that's run by supercomputers became self-aware and he's confused about why he can't just do anything he wants because the world is controlling the things that he can do. And slowly he realizes that he's part of the game. And then it becomes this existential crisis of like him understanding whether he's alive or not. And if if he seems self-aware and alive, but he's in a world that is all controlled by this like compute, like th- there's lots of ideas you could play with that would be interesting. And instead, <laughs> this is just a dumb movie. 
It is very, 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 very dumb. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm just remembering more and more weird things that happen in this movie. Like, like, okay, the Diane Lane's son, who like they're talking about the whole movie, and then he finally shows up, <laughs> and then there's the twist that he's on the boat in the like. Why? What, like, I mean, what did that do for anybody? I was fine with that because he needed the son. The wor- the, the like originally he wanted him as a person to help him out because his buddy left him because he didn't whatever. Um, so I was fine with the idea that like the game world is like, hey, uh, you're trying to go kill the husband. Uh, here's your boatmate guy. Like it, it was it was a good twist to make him question his ability to kill um the the stepdad, but like it just it was a weird. Yeah, I, I I was fine with that as a piece within the world where the rules we now know are trying to conspire to stop him from his new goal, which is off the path that he was currently on. Mm. I, I don't know. I thought it was really weird. And he, I think maybe the fact that, was he shirtless? I feel like the kid was shirtless. Was something about it. I don't think he was shirtless. <laughs> something about like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of That weird. might have been just in your head, Steven. <laughs> Something about a kind of like weird looking kid in Matthew McConaughey made me think of White Boy Rick. <laughs> and I never knew I would miss White Boy Rick, but I missed White Boy Rick watching this movie. <laughs> there, there, was, uh, there was a moment in the film, I don't even remember it now, but it kind of gave me like one of my favorite scenes in Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for Vanilla Sky um, for the next 30 seconds or so. So in, in, in the film, it's towards the end of the film, Kurt Russell is talking to Tom Cruise, and uh, he's trying to convince him that he's real. And Tom Cruise, or and then Kurt Russell does his usual thing. Where he's like, he's like, he's like, hey, I have two kids. And Tom Cruise is like, what are their names? And he just goes, I, uh, I have two kids. <laughs> and it's like he doesn't have those two kids. It's part of this world that's been created, mm. and the character can't lie in that moment just because he doesn't he's not, he can't think fast enough to do it and he's sort of realizing himself that he himself is not real in that context but like that like there were moments in this film that sort of had a thing kind of like that right where like he's trying to chat like once he starts to realize that things aren't real he tries to challenge other things in the world that don't perceive the reality that he perceives um there was i don't know there was something kind of fun about that idea, but once again, the execution was not super great. Yeah, I thought the the execution was terrible, and it it made me also long for Interstellar, right? Because we can get these two lead characters in a movie that like trips over itself to talk about a weird connection based on love with your kids or whatever. Yeah. The, this movie was just so like unbearably awful to me. I thought I wanted to watch Fool's Gold again. Like that would have made me happier. <laughs> That's the thing too is like the that that whole psychic connection with the sun. Once again, more evidence that this world is not real because the flashes he's seeing of the kid are not within inside the game universe. Mm-hmm. So it's just more more th- ways to show you that we're not in a real place. Yeah. So. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> I just wish while the kid was stabbing Jason Clark, he shouted, like, "I can do this, Dad." <laughs> Change the way I'm living. <laughs> Get back in the house. We're going for custard. <laughs> We're going for rum. Uh, I think that's about it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. 
I've been driving a Lincoln since long before anybody paid me to drive one. I didn't do it to be cool. I didn't do it to make a statement. I just liked it. <laughs> <laughs>